the Amnesty International Comedy Podcast. Thanks a lot for taking the time to download this podcast. I'm Richard Melvin. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring every nook and cranny of the Edinburgh Festival 2010 and bringing you some highlights from Amnesty's sizeable comedy archive. In this episode, we've got stand-up from Russell Brand. And the headline was, Beam Me Up Botty. <laughs> a chat with Fred McCauley. Fred, we're looking for legends of comedy, dot, dot, dot. You must have a number for Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> a reworking of a classic Monty Python sketch. I wish to register a complaint. <laughs> Some footballing tips from Rob Rouse. Hair ruffling and bottom patting. There'll be a lot of that in my team. That's how we're going to keep ourselves keep ourselves motivated. And we get backstage with Danielle Ward. Do put Vaseline on your nipples and break in your shoes. They're my two big tips. Amnesty is involved in comedy because comedy is a freedom of expression. Freedom of expression is a human right and Amnesty stands up for human rights. Keep listening to find out how you can do your bit. First up, I had a chat with Steve Ballinger, spokesperson for Amnesty International UK, about what they're planning to do this summer in Edinburgh. Amnesty's campaigning for the first time in ages for a jailed comedian this year called Zarganar from Burma and we really want to raise awareness about his case. Uh, unfortunately he's serving a 35 year jail sentence at the moment in Burma. Uh, but most importantly we want people to take action, write to the Burmese authorities, um, talk to our activists who'll be out on the street and hopefully get Zarganar out of prison. Probably the centrepiece is the Stand Up For Freedom gig uh, at the conference centre venue 150, which has got an amazing lineup. Uh, but then we've got a huge number of other events. So we're refereeing a uh, comics versus critics football match for the first time this year. Um, we're launching a novel at the Edinburgh International Book Festival as well about a suicide bombing in Jerusalem, which is really interesting, although I admit not very funny. We've also got an exhibition from some of Scotland's top graffiti artists as well taking place in Edinburgh. And then uh, we've also got a series of book readings at the International Book Festival. And we give an annual Freedom of Expression Award as well to the best play at the festival on a human rights theme. So we're going to be quite busy while we're up there, I think. You're refereeing a football match. Is that you personally? Are you going to be doing the refereeing? No, my colleague Gian Maria is, uh, is uh, refereeing. He's a qualified football referee from Italy, but he also works here at Amnesty International. So uh, he should have a good knowledge of the rules of football and human rights, both of which I think will probably come in quite useful when the tackles go flying in. And who are the teams? Uh, it's going to be a selection of Edinburgh's finest comedians uh, and then a, um, a ragtag collection of critics who've been slating them in the media for the last year. Uh, so hopefully it should be pretty fiery stuff. And it's at Meadowbank Stadium on the Sunday the 15th of August um, and free to get in as well. So it should be quite a good fun day out. Rob Rouse is captain of the comedians team. He told me how he was feeling. Well, uh, well, 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 Richard. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very excited, I'm very honoured to be uh, captain of the, uh, the comedians uh, football team against the, uh, the critics. Uh, obviously, we, we've been watching them in training and uh, they look like they're, uh, they're, you know, they're a strong side, but uh, I have every confidence that uh, my, my fellows are going to get out there on the day and do the job. Brian Logan and his cohorts and the critics teams have been trash-talking you guys. Uh, you know, they think that they're going to kick your asses. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what they do, isn't it? They like to trash talk. They like to trash talk. They, you know, uh, what, 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 what we try, we try and do, and uh, we're just going to concentrate on the game, Richard, and uh, get out there and play, uh, play our usual game for 90 minutes, give it 110 uh, percent. I'll stop talking this stupid pat football of voice. I believe that you can get you get through on passion alone. 
uh, hair ruffling and bottom patting. There'll be a lot of that in my team. That's how we're going to keep ourselves keep ourselves motivated. And I'm going to pick Mavericks, a team of Mavericks. I won't even know who I'm picking until I'm picking them. That's how secret it's going to be. So I, I've, I have no tactical um, game whatsoever. Uh, I've no uh, no 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 plans. There'll be no training. I've been encouraging my players if if they smoke to smoke on the pitch. If they drink, they will drink on the pitch. If they take uh, exotic substances, they will be doing that. If if that's how they're happy playing, that's how my team will hit the pitch. What colour is the kit going to be? Uh, again, we can't say. That's that's something you'll need to speak to the amnesty people about. Well, I've heard that it's going to be shirts or skins. Well, we'll take skins then. <laughs> We'll just be wearing stockings and football boots. <laughs> That's a good look. That's that. It's a strong look. It intimidates the enemy. I think. Yeah. You have to think. To, you think twice about going in hard to a man who's 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 so confident in his in his footballing prowess that he's not wearing a kit. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah. No. You would. You would think twice about getting in close. Yeah. Especially yeah. if he's smoking and he's got no clothes on. And he's aroused. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that that's key. All my players will be aroused throughout the whole game. That, that, that's where the hair ruffling and the bottom patting comes in. And if there's any any more kind of attention needed, then then that's just one of my duties as captain. You're, you're more of a fluffer than a captain. I'm a, I'm a I'm, well, many, if that's what you want to call it. But that's that's what the modern game's all about, Richard. Um, you don't get ahead unless you've got a fully aroused uh, naked team, spare for a pair of stockings and uh, and and boots. Well, Stand up for freedom has been going for something like 13 or 14 years, I believe, in Edinburgh. But of course, Amnesty's comedy heritage goes way back further to the to the um, 1960s, I think it is, when we first started performing the secret policeman's balls down in, in London uh, at Her Majesty's Theatre. Uh, and Amnesty for the first time got um, the Monty Python crew together with the Beyond the Fringe crew, um, some really interesting combinations on stage, some pretty wild events, um, uh, some great footage that Amnesty still has that we'll be hearing on the podcasts as well. You talked about the show at Venue 150. Who's going to be on? Which comedians can people expect to see there? Well, it's a cracking lineup this year at, uh, for the Stand Up for Freedom at, at Venue 150. Uh, we've got Tim Key, who won the uh, Edinburgh Comedy Award last year. Uh, we've got John Bishop, Mark Watson, Adam Hills, Josie Long, uh, Dan Antopolsky, who won the Best Joke, I think, uh, award last year, uh, Fred McCauley, uh, Edinburgh legend, and Danielle Ward as well. Now, I think the most famous things in Scotland are probably shortbread, tartan, whiskey and the Fred McCauley show. How long have you been doing it now? <laughs> That's very kind of you, Richard. Uh, it's past 13 years. Wow. So, you know, one is at the stage where you kind of think, well, do you keep going for and hope to make it to 20 or 25 and then get a wig uh, and uh, uh, an MBE or do you cut and run? I, I just don't know. But every day is a challenge, you know, uh, to, to try and keep entertaining the people in the radio. And I love doing it, I've got to say. I still love doing it. So as long as that feeling is there, then I'm, I'm happy to continue. Who have been your highlights of people that you've interviewed? Do you know, I, I, I'm dead lucky. I've, uh, you know, there were never particular comedy heroes, but as I've kind of ticked them off, uh, the Monty Python guys, you know, John Cleese, years ago, I got to go, I had to go down to London to interview him uh, face to face. That was special. Um, Michael Palin I've met many times because, you know, every time a BBC production comes out or there's a book or something like that, you get the chance to meet him. Terry Jones has been on as well. Sadly, I'll never get to meet uh, Graham Gillum. But, uh, the, you know, the old comedy legends have been great. Interviewed Joan Rivers in her palatial apartment in the Upper West Side. As I think that's where it was. Uh, it might have been Brooklyn for all I know. And how was she? 
She was great. Mm. Yeah, she was fantastic. And we met her uh, her her uh, butler. He was a nice chap called Kevin, as I recall. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I've got to say, I mean, uh, if you if you want to see, if you want to imagine what the inside of Joan Rivers' house is like, just go to a stately home in Britain, because it's pretty much like that: antique furniture from top to bottom. And, and, a, and was he the butler suitably dressed as a butler? Uh, yes, but he was he was doing chores. So uh, on top of the the butling outfit, I think he removed his butling jacket and he had on an apron. <laughs> right, okay, that's brilliant. One of the things that the Amnesty gig is highlighting this year is the plight of the Burmese comedian Zarganar, who was locked up for 35 years for criticising the government. What's the worst thing that's happened to you because of what you said on stage? Yeah, well, the, the stage is one thing, and I like to think of stage is the last bastion of, of free speech in this country, even though steps have been taken you know, to, to restrict what we can actually say. Uh, I know somebody that was sporting a, a gash in his head from a previous gig in the legendary Tunnel Club in the the East End of London, um, because he he had an ashtray thrown at him, uh, and this was a real one, not not a, a comedy ashtray like the the Des O'Connor story. You know that one. No. Uh, Des O'Connor was on stage and uh, in the Glasgow Pavilion, and at the back, uh, or it was maybe the Empire. There was a back in the days when you could smoke right at the very back of the stalls. There was a ledge with ashtrays where people could go and stand and have a fag while you were on stage. And uh, he, he was dying in his backside and somebody launched this big ashtray and it went sailing towards the stage and it dropped short and it hit somebody in the third row and he went down like a sack of tatties. Uh, and it, apparently you could just see his hands coming up in the, the, the back of the chair in front of him, pulled himself up and he was heard to say, can you hit me again? I can still hear him. <laughs> So I don't know whether that ashtray was thrown or not, but yeah, you know, whether it was for a political comment or not, uh, I think we should still be entitled to free speech on stage in, in a live situation. And if it if it ruffles feathers, well, so much the better, I would say. But you should, certainly should not be persecuted for it. Fred McCauley there, who'll be comparing the Stand Up For Freedom gig at Venue 150 on the 19th of August with Adam Hills. Visit amnesty.org.uk slash edfest for more details. Let's dip into the Amnesty Comedy Archive. Here's a revised version of a comedy classic from The Secret Policeman's Ball in 1989. I wish to register a complaint. <laughs> Hello, miss. What do you mean, miss? <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a cold. I wish to make a complaint about this parrot what I purchased not half an hour ago from this very boutique. Oh, yes, the, uh, the Norwegian blue. The Norwegian blue. What's wrong with it? I'll tell you what's wrong with it, my lad. It's dead. That's what's wrong with it. <laughs> so it is. There's your money back, a couple of holiday vouchers. Thank you. (laughs) 
So we're at the Riverside uh, Studios in Hammersmith and I'm with Alex Rochford who is the programme manager and producer for Assembly Theatre. There you go. What, what, what's happening here? We're having to keep our voices down. What's happening here? We're in the technical rehearsal for Gutted the Musical, which has got its first public preview performance tonight. And we've got a full band, good. We've got a full cast, good. We've got all the lights, good. All the sounds, good. 25% um, of the set, not so good. 75% um, of the costumes, good. Um, so we're getting there. And we've got an audience coming at nine o'clock tonight. So we've got a few hours, so we'll be fine. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the musical? Well, it's been written by Daniel Ward and Martin White. Um, they did Sister Psycho and they do Karaoke Circus. And um, Chris George is the director. Um, and then we've got a cast such as the Penny Dreadfuls, Colin Holt, Michael Legg, Lizzie Roper, many other stand-up luminaries that we'll be seeing in... Uh, in and around oh, Margaret Coburn Smith so, and Sarah Pascoe and there's Dot Brown so you know we've got quite a few and we're introducing Helen George she's a musical theatre star that we thought if we're going to do a comedian's musical we'd better have a lead girl who knows exactly how to sing and dance um, Ian the choreographer has just been putting them through their paces um, so it's all quite good so Danielle yeah. what's loosely the story? The loose story is a girl witnesses the murder of her parents when she's seven years old. And so um, rather than becoming Batman, like Batman did, she um, decides to track down the man who did it, becomes this perfect woman, marries him, and then murders his entire family. So, so he is alone the way she's alone. Like, she has no family and she wants to do the same to him. But well, then what happens is uh, she falls in love with the gardener. The gardener turns out to be the secret son of the man she's married to. So to complete her quest, she has to kill the man she loves. Now, we're also with uh, Jim Bob, who is uh, maybe known to listeners of this podcast as used to be in a band called Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. And what brings you together with these guys? Mainly, because <laughs> I'm brilliant. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I'm a fantastic singer and uh, hilarious. <laughs> and all I had to do was learn how to, to dance. And when I say dance, I mean walk up and down. <laughs> so have you, have the fellow cast members, I noticed that there's a few sort of Edinburgh Festival regulars amongst the cast. I saw Penny Dreadfuls and a few other comedians in there. Have they given you any sort of tips and hints for surviving the month of August in Edinburgh? No. <laughs> Not at all. No. All you have no. to do is read any magazine because yeah. that is their main feature. What are your tips for surviving the festival? So that's what you have to do, Jim. So what are your tips? I haven't got. Oh, well, my tips are always flippant. Like you know, don't put Vaseline on your nipples and stuff like that. Oh. Don't put Vaseline. No, on. Do put, put do put Vaseline on your nipples and break in your shoes. They're my okay. two big tips. Amnesty International uh, this year during August there um, highlighting the plight of the comedian, the Burmese comedian Zarganar. Don't know if you've heard of him, but he was locked up for 35 years in Burma for criticising the Burmese government. So what's the worst thing that's happened to you on stage whilst performing? I was on stage once and a member of my band attacked a famous person of the television. Hey! It was awful. Who was it? Philip Schofield. Yeah. Philip Schofield was in your band? No, he, he was, yeah, it's terrible. That was bad for me at the time. Was that, was that at the Brit Awards? Smash Hits, Smash Hit Awards. So that was awful at the time. Rock history. Yeah, I used to love the Smash Hits Paul Winners party. It was like all my friends would gather around and watch it. I remember that well. 
Okay, we're back up at the back of the theatre. What's happening now, Alex? Okay, they're doing what's known as a speed run. And they're running all their lines. Ah, see, that's uh, Colin Holt, who is playing eight different characters, all the same. It's very much an Alec Guinness role with lots of costumes, fat suits, wigs, women's busts. That's a good one. Prosthetic limbs, fake heads. Uh, is, is that the Penny Dreadfuls waiting in the wings there as well? Yeah, they play lots of different parts. Um, not to give the game away, they play the Undertakers. The rest of the parts, I'm not going to give you vital key plot points. Rest assured that Lizzie Roper's over there and she's being rude again. <laughs> and we've got lots of blood, gore, chainsaws, etc. Et so if people want to come and see this play, when, when and where is it on? It's on the assembly rooms, George Street, in the ballroom, and it's a late night romp of 23.15. So um, have a couple of drinks. It's a full on, full paced musical. Have you had the watchword? Have you had the tagline yet? Tagline Glee makes the chainsaw massacre. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Alex. Thank you very much, Richard. With so much to choose from each year at the Edinburgh Festival, it's sometimes hard to know what to go and see. So, we thought we'd ask the experts. Andrew Dixon is The Guardian's online arts editor, and here are his top tips. We're very excited by Arj Barker, uh, who uh, you probably know of uh, from Flight of the Concords, playing a character called Dave. Uh, he's following in the footsteps of Rhys Darby, who came here from um, Flight of the Concords last year. Uh, actually, Arj Barker is a really experienced comic, has been around uh, for years and years. Um, in fact, I think he won the Perry Award back in 1997 or something like that, best newcomer. Uh, but uh, he'll be doing a very kind of straightforward, I think, kind of funny, sharp American set. He's kind of aggressive, quite punchy, but it's not vicious, it's not nasty. He's quite kind of good-humoured. So I'm interested to see whether he lives up to the billing. Uh, we're also quite excited by Brendan Burns this year. Might see a more thoughtful Brendan than we have before. Uh, he's uh, doing a show called, you know, God and Metaphysics and Shit, uh, which I guess will be his take on the cosmos and belief and all sorts of things like that. We'll also be interested to see what Sarah Millican is going to be doing. She's had a really good last couple of years, I think. Um, in some ways it feels like she's been around forever, but actually you look back and it was only Edinburgh a couple of years ago where she really started to break through. Uh, she's obviously had a brilliant show on Radio 4. Um, she's bringing a new thing called Chatterbox to the stand, which I think is the first time she's appeared at the stand in Edinburgh. So um, that's going to be kicking off a UK tour. Um, she'll be very funny, uh, kind of sweet, but a little bit sour as well, I think. Uh, always lots of nice, sparky, sparky, spiky insights into relationships and her particular issues with them. Uh, so she'll be great to watch. Um, I'm also myself quite excited by Josie Long, uh, who I remember seeing when she first broke through at Edinburgh about three or four years ago, I think, above a pub, tiny room above a pub uh, with a little show. Um, this year's show is going to be called Be Honourable, and she says it's going to be about trying to be a saint, about strangers, about politics, about complacency and about breakfast. Uh, Rumours are there will actually be breakfast featuring in the show. Uh, so all of her shows, all of Josie's shows are always kind of quite positive, uh, optimistic, kind of you leave with a bit of a kind of stirring message about how great you are as a person. Uh, so not edgy, nasty, vicious comedy, uh, quite sweet, but always, I think, very clever and very good. 
Now, the rule with all Edinburgh tips beforehand is that never listen to any of them because you'll get up to the festival and people will be talking about totally different things. The comics you expect to be stellar will be dreadful. The theatre companies you're really excited by will just be having an awful festival. So the thing to do is always listen to people, listen to word, the word on the street, listen to kind of tips of people you meet, people you bump into in bars and all the rest of it. Uh, and I think my other tip would be get enough sleep. No one ever gets enough sleep at Edinburgh, but actually, if you're going to survive it and you're going to get the best out of it, get enough sleep. That's what I really hope I'm going to do, but I suspect I'm not, as usual. That was Andrew Dixon from The Guardian. Here's Russell Brand from the Amnesty Archive. I want to talk to you about the sun and that a bit, really, you know, because I like... Well, so I... I like the Sun a bit, right? I sort of, I, I've read it all my life, and I sort of have an odd relationship with the Sun newspaper. I kind of think of it as a friend. But do any of you have a friend that you like fucking hate? <laughs> you know, that's infiltrated your life and he's trying to surreptitiously make you be a bit racist with the offer of a one-pound day trip to France. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. It's all right. One pound day trip of France. It'll be well, all right. It'll be pucker. It'll be pucker. There's too many asylum seekers coming in the country. What? 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 No, I'm just saying, one pound day trip of France. It'll be pucker. Say something about asylum seekers. I fucking never. Yeah, I'll come on, do a Sudoku. Be fucking brilliant. Thank you. Oh, cheers. Nice. I weren't pausing for applause there. I am not a needy man. But thanks, you know, cheers, appreciate it. Ain't chastising you and all, I think. Um, also, the sun, it sort of lives on its chief currency is, of course, the pun, right? From today, uh, I've seen uh, David beckoned because his name is Beckham and he's been beckoned back into the international fold. My favourite pun uh, ever from the sun, right? You know, like um, George Tarky, he plays Mr. Sulu in Star Trek. He come out as being gay, right? And it was all like the article was really compassionate and sensitive. Oh, it's a brave decision for him to come out as being gay. Oh, Mr. Sulu and that. Let's all support him being gay and that. Let's get right behind it, be nice to him and everything. And the headline was, Beam Me Up Botty. <laughs> was undermined. <laughs> the Amnesty International Comedy Podcast. For more details about Amnesty's activities at the Edinburgh Festival and about how you can get involved, visit amnesty.org.uk slash edfest. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast feed too so you can get the next episode absolutely free. It will contain an explosive and revealing interview with Australian comedian Jim Jeffries. And normally comedians have a light to say when they have to get off. I had a light to say when I could actually say the word A lovely chat I had over a cup of tea with Josie Long. There's a lot of me putting on voices. If you're not interested in that, you really should stay clear, is what I'm saying. And another rummage around in the Amnesty Comedy Archive. My husband Norm, well, he hasn't been a well man. I've had his... <laughs> I've had his prostate hanging over my head for many, many years. Today's jokes were brought to you by Amnesty International and Article 19 of the Declaration of Human Rights. The one that says we should all be free to express our opinions as we see fit. If you believe in freedom of expression, then you should join Amnesty. It's a network of ordinary people across the world that stands up for human rights. Visit amnesty.org.uk slash edfest and use your freedom of expression to protect other people. (laughs) 